Yo, 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 welcome to another episode of the Hard Hits Podcast. The podcast bringing you all the latest news from the hard hitting sports. I go by the name of Man Like Doms, MLD, whatever you want to call me, and I'm here with AB. In the building. Yeah, so today we're just going to be breaking down the latest action in the world of UFC and boxing. Uh, yesterday we had a fight, uh, it was a fight night, it wasn't a main event. I know like on the previous pod we said we're not going to watch every single fight night, but sometimes you know we have to bring you the content, in it. So I'm going to have to sacrifice some of my sleep, in it just to bring you, <laughs> just to bring you lots of something um, fresh. But um, yeah, so yesterday we had a fight night of... Um, Hall versus Strick- Strickland. Obviously, um, me, myself, I'm pretty familiar with Uriah Hall. I haven't actually seen Strickland. And also, because it's a fight night, I'm not really too familiar with also the other fighters on the card. So basically, what we're going to do is we're just going to break down like... We, I picked up three fights that we're going to talk about from that card and just go into as much detail as we can. But these are like up and coming fighters anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, who's been doing some? I think he did like some UFC contest thing show where he was on it and like. Oh, was he about? Um, was it Ultimate Fighter? Oh, I Fighter, think it, yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he made his debut like in 2013. So he's yeah. been fighting for a minute. For a minute um, yeah. Also, and he other, took this fight on his birthday as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, we'll we'll get more into um, Uriah Hall a bit later on, but um, yeah, so. We're going to start off with, I think it was actually the third fight of the night, not um, this, uh, yeah, the third fight of the night. Uh, start off with uh, Stulez and Gooden. I hope I got the names right again. I say this every single time. Please don't be offended by that. <laughs> and if you're his brother, don't come looking for me or anything like that. <laughs> But um, yeah, so I haven't really, I haven't, I've never seen these two fight, like I said before, like, um, so I didn't know what to expect. And I think that's the good thing about UFC because you're always going to be pleasantly surprised. It's going to be rare that you're going to be disappointed and be like, this I think is UFC terrible. is more like, you know, the fighters will come and go, but the quality and the performances are always going to be great. Yeah, because the thing with UFC, every fighter has a point to prove. And you're always hungry. You're fighting for your contract. You're fighting for your next fight. You want to yeah. show that, yeah, I'm... Like I'm ready for this, so and that's credit to Dana White and him. Yeah, forcing the manner of we're not gonna let we'll give it under one umbrella, one promotion, and you guys go earn your strikes. Yeah, yeah, it's more of earning than not right. Yeah, yeah. So this this fight was um how do I, how can you even describe it? It was quick, man. Like that's all, that's all that's all you can really say is that it was a quick fight. So um it started off with um Gooden and uh, Stolers like just. Throwing jabs like um, Gooden hit Stolers with a couple good leg kicks, like just to like sort of ease their way into the fight. But um, the thing with UFC is like at any moment, the fight can change. Like that's it, the fight is can like change at any moment. So um, what basically happened was Gooden hit uh, Stolers with like a good couple clean shots, but he wasn't actually rocked or anything like that. He was just he was hurt temporarily, but he, he seemed fine. And then they went in again for another exchange and it looked like Gooden sort of slipped to the left and caught him. caught him with a right hand and it dropped him. And it looked like 
But he <laughs> he went to sleep. He went to sleep in it. It's not I mean, I, I, I saw the the highlights of it when I woke up, and I was just like, "Wow!" Like yeah. the fade that he he faded on the punch, and then took him with the counter, the right counter hook, and it just dropped him. Like I, it was cold. The the funny thing about it was yeah, the actual technique of the punch was terrible. Yeah, yeah. he looked like. Um, like you know when you try to knock on the door, yeah, and like your arm does that motion when it goes back. back and forward, like that sort of thing. It wasn't like you know, like a hook, like you normally um, swing your the arm and body it. into. It. Yeah, it the just motion. it looked, but he hit him like so hard and clean that it was enough to like just knock him out. But I think when you look at it, he was going in for the punch, but then he saw um, the opponent's punch coming forward. He was like, okay, I need to bend my head. So he's more yeah. he's attention came to blocking and fading the punch. And then leaving his hand there to at least connect, at least. But with, with punching a, uh, an opponent, it's like you can have so much power, no power, but as long as you connect in the right spots on the chin or the temple, yeah. you're gonna go down. Mm-hmm. And because obviously the the smaller gloves than boxing yeah. gloves, the eight it, ounces, so, yeah, yeah, eight ounce gloves. So like, if you get hit with one of those, it's still gonna hurt. It's pretty much yeah. gonna feel like a real punch, like close to bare knuckle. Yeah, yeah, close. Even um, speaking of bare knuckle, like we. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want don't to sidetrack too much, but some of these UFC people take fighting really seriously, really man. Seriously. Like, some of them are getting into um, bare-knuckle fighting and that. And the you got to get that bread, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, so, th- like, like I said, like, with UFC, there's not really much we could say about this fight because it was literally, like, a minute and, like, 10 seconds. Like, yeah. how much can you really take away from that? Yeah, now we're going to move into the next fight, which is which was the fourth fight of the night. But obviously the second fact that we're going to talk about, which was Baze versus the Pooler. It's actually pretty similar to the first fight that we spoke about in terms of it not being very long. So not really much that we can gain from it. But there was a like very um, crucial moment in the fight that me and AB have been talking about. And we're still trying to work out, like, does that, should that fight even count? Like, what, like, what even happened? So, the victory, more yeah, because yeah. like, I'm going to ask you a question because I think you probably know more than me in this aspect, like, from what I saw from the highlights is that she was trying to get up from the floor mm-hmm. and she got kicked in the face. We're arguing that her knee was not on the ground. But yeah. then I'm like, she's in, I think she's in a, a less of a defensive position to actually even throw a punch or throw a kick. Yeah. But like, like it's still like, all right, her knee wasn't down, but her hands were down to try and brace herself to get up. But then you're looking at, at which point in the stage of getting up, is it, am I allowed to hit you now? Like, yeah. But um, the thing that I'm looking at more um, in the sense of like, okay, it's it, to me it still seemed like an unfair sort of like kick to make. Yeah. But I'm looking at it as like, why are you getting up within a striking range? Like, yeah. where you're not able to defend yourself. What she should have done was... What, what could she have done though? Um, I guess there's two things she could have done. She could have let the ref just stand her up mm. or she could have like waited until um, Bade's backed up a bit more and then be like, okay, cool, now I can quickly get up. But, Do you um, think she, her timing was so poor that it actually put her in a position to be hit? I think it's hard to say because I always find those sort of inc- incidents a bit hard to judge because I guess you're, too, you're focused on the, um, in the... You're in the fighting mode, so you're kind of like, why would, she, why would she do that? Like, you should... Like, we, we've said it before, defend yourself at all times, isn't it? Yeah. But if you're going to stand up, at least make sure you have enough space. Like, still... You should be locked in, like to know. Oh, ne- actually, let me not get up now. Let me just let the rest. But maybe she up, saw something up. in the in that girl, like when she was in front of her, like okay, I can probably attack that. 
but not knowing you can throw a kick in the sport. I think I, I think what because what happened basically um, Baze had her on the ground and I think Baze was kind of dominating her on the ground as well so I think in the head she was like I need to get up I need to get up as quick as I can because I can't be on the ground for um, any longer otherwise I'm just going to lose this round but is is like this this happens quite a lot in UFC so it happened actually in a title fight between Pia Yan and Adjaman Sterling as well like but it, that one was more clear cut because Adjaman Sterling actually had his knee on the ground like he had one hand down and one knee down and I think um, legally you're not allowed to throw a knee in that situation yeah. I think I think you're allowed to punch still but throwing a knee would have been the illegal move like so Pia Yan hits him with the knee and then he just gets disqualified disqualified on the on the spot so when when this happened in this this fight well it's obviously not the exact same situation but when it happened in this fight I was thinking like what it, is the ref going to stop it is she going to disqualify her or uh, like what is it legal like I, I don't I'm still I'm still quite unsure about I feel it. like the rule books aren't it depends on the situation but it's not very clear because it's like where does it come into play where it's legal and not illegal yeah it, it's it's tough it's tough to say because for me I would have thought the referee would have stopped it because it didn't look legal like to me the rule book's there and the rule is there but up to the referee's discretion yeah because I wouldn't have been surprised if the referee stopped it even if it was legal, I wouldn't be surprised if the referee stopped it just because it just it did, it doesn't look legal. And because we're like, as we always say, we're casual fans, yeah. to us, like, as a casual fan, we don't know the actual ins and outs of that rule to know when it should be stopped and when it shouldn't be stopped. And if if it was illegal and the kick happened, but the damage done to um, uh, the puller was too great for her to continue, then the other girl would have got disqualified. So I I guess yeah. I guess it's hard to say, but um, I mean, defend yourself at all times, yes. man. Like, there's obviously a lesson that she's gonna learn from and know. Like, if I am gonna get up, let the ref get me up, or um, let make sure the person's at least standing far enough. Yeah, far it's a learning curve. Enough. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. The the fight itself, like, the sport is very like quick. It can change. It can change very quickly. You see, very unforgiving. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a more better, a better way to put it. Like, it is very unforgiving. So, yeah, we're going to go into the main event of the night, which was Uriah Hall versus Strict, Strict, Strickland. Yeah, so this, this fight, it wasn't it, it wasn't as exciting as the other fights were um, that we've spoken about. But, uh, yeah, we spoke, we spoke about Uriah Hall earlier. Like, he is, at this point, you could say he's a veteran in the sport. He's had a lot of fights. Yeah, he's been, like, he's been there for a long time. Yeah, 30 plus. He's, he's, he made his, like, um, debut in, like, 2004. 13, Coming so, off the Ultimate Fighter show as well. Yeah, so like this is more, and he's ranked number eight as well. So it's he's still within a position within the middleweight where it's like a couple more wins pushes me up into top five. Then I can start looking at Israel and thinking maybe I can get that fight if, if the I title want chance. to. Yeah, the title chance because I feel like if you're if you're still in UFC after that many fights, you still think that you can be at the top of the sport. Yeah. Like, I don't think you would be doing it for fun at this point. Um, also, like, I think Uriah Hall, he's a bit... Um, he, he's he's a bit... I, I wouldn't be surprised if he feels a bit jaded because his last fight was with Chris Wyden. That's when he broke the guy's leg, right, no? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say he broke it. I just said the, I would say the yeah, guy's leg broke. It, yeah, 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 yeah. Broke, but, yeah. like, that's, that's not what you want to happen. Like, imagine if he beats Chris Wyden and then he beats this guy as the next fight. He's already up into the top 
he would have been pushed up in the ranking like way higher so he's probably thinking like I ha- I've taken a step back and now I need to go forward again but um, even that incident itself we actually didn't get to speak on it because it happened before we actually started doing the podcast but um, yeah that itself it was literally like first kick thrown boom leg break that's it done like <laughs> it was, he kind of I think he blocked off he palmed off he blocked off and he like hit his arm and, I think and, which one was the well, his leg was yeah his I leg? think I think he just he kicked him and I don't think he actually checked it like checked the kick but I think because the part of Wadman's leg that he hit him with so, it, it just yeah. it just snaps you away and, and I don't know where Wadman is in the stage of his recovery now but um, hopefully he's working his way back because he was actually he's actually a pretty good fighter yeah um, but yeah um, going more into this fight so overall I don't think this was a good showing for um, Uriah Hall like I think he he didn't look like he was imposing himself on the fight at all like um, do you feel like it wasn't a good exhibition of, of a performance to be like okay he can go to that next stage of a UFC main event to yeah. be like a co-main event in a UFC fight yeah because that's Vegas because the thing the thing is with Uriah Hall I think he's a good striker like I think he's he's got great technique he can throw like lots of like different types of kicks and like punches like different angles and coming coming out the fight in different ways he's but got a good skill set yeah he's got a good skill set but I don't know what it was like from the moment this fight started Strickland was just pressuring him pressuring him so he didn't give Uriah Hall the opportunity to like sort of like settle into the fight and then like sort of like um, find his range and stuff he was just in his face like for the whole for I think even in the first round Strickland threw over 100 punches that's a, that's how um, like no wow. in the first two rounds combined he threw over 100 punches which is like which is crazy and it's like when you're watching the fight he's literally throwing one twos one twos one twos like, just co- like the same thing like just trying to push him back push him back and it, it seemed like um, who couldn't really do anything to like sort of counter that or like even have him worried and even Strickland caught him a couple times like he he, he stunned him a couple times there was a point where I think Strick, Strickland hit him with a right hand but then Strickland grabbed him afterwards but when he when he had him grabbed uh, grappled it looked like uh, Hall was hurt like he looked like he was stunned while he was getting taken down the thing is so, the standard know. of the fighters here we have with Strickland and Hall is that if Hall was to go into that next level, that next stage, those sort of combinations or having opponent for 100 punches in the first two rounds, some fighters, the elite fighters in that division, would be unforgiving and they'll take him out. Yeah. I think what what the what saved um, Uriah Hall was every time Strickland hurt Hall, he tried to grapple him. And I didn't understand why. Like, you're beating him standing up. Like, you have him hurt and then you're trying to take him down. Why are you trying to take him down? Just just stay, like, stand up. Knockout. Yeah, keep keep fighting him. But he was doing that all the way for, up until round five. And then just before round five started, his coach actually said, when you have him hurt, don't take him down. Finish him. Like, But you're waiting until the fifth round to tell him that. Like, it, it's a bit... Um, Poor it's man. A bit pointless. Yeah, it's a bit pointless at that, at, at that stage. But I guess, like, he was dominant in the fight. He was winning the fight anyway. So at that point in round five, he didn't need to go for a KO anyway, so it's kind of like yeah. it, it didn't matter. But even round five, who started? Um, he started like stepping up a bit more, but it's too late. Like you don't. That that's the thing with um, UFC. You get five rounds on the main event. You can't when you start wait. when you start trying to win 
the fight in the later stages or later rounds, mm. it kind of comes across to judges like you're scrapping, you're scrapping yeah, you're, you're, scram- points. you're scrambling, you're yeah, scrambling. Like, you might points. win the like I thought, I thought um, who won who, who won that last round, but that's it's about not it. That's about enough. it. You've lost. You've already lost the first four, and the fight's done. So now you're chasing the knockout. Now you're ch- why don't you just come out chasing the knockout then, and then just see what happens from there. Yeah, but um, then you could burn yourself out. Yeah, but you know what I mean. You don't. Yeah. You don't really get too many moments in um, UFC. Yeah, like the first true. two fights that we were talking about, because those guys came out like ready to finish the fight. They got they got their work done early. They're in home. They're at home sleeping. Yeah. Now at this point, and you're still going into the fourth round, the fifth round, like now. Nah, making a night long. Making yeah, making it long for yourself, man. You've already had enough fights. I don't think you want to be yeah. in the ring as long as you were. The wear and tear will come, come yeah, yeah. over now. Yeah, it's true. So Dominic, what was your fight of the of the event last night? So, um, I think for me, I, I, well, out of the fights that we've spoken about. Because I heard that there was an earlier fight that was pretty good, but obviously I didn't I didn't get to catch that. But out of the fights that we've spoken about, I would say I would the fight of the night was probably Gooden and Stoles, just because I don't know I, I, I just I just like that fight. It was just very quick and like I'm gonna go with um, Baze and Dipola. Yeah, I think that's a good fight. I think obviously it was quick and but I think how it happened and why it happened and how it came across it. I think it was so. Controversial. Yeah, there's more talking points. More talking points. I think I, I enjoyed it. I think it's something we can look into. And there's a lesson learned for other upcoming fighters up there that want to go into the combat sport of um, UFC and uh, MMA is that you have to look at these things that people are having challenges of, okay, what I'm going to do in certain situations, how mm. you can be better in that as well. So yeah. definitely pick up on those things and try to improve your techniques and improve your, improve your craft and be yeah. better than that. And, um, but, um, Onumbro mentioned to Strickland as well because I think that was a good showing for someone that I've never seen before for him to just walk into a ring and dominate someone for five rounds like that. Is, credit, man. It's credit, Take credit his opportunity. So I'll, I'll say he was probably the fighter of the night but um, yeah, I, I did enjoy the Gooden and Stolis fight just because of how um, the way the knockout happened, I would say. So moving on into other news in related to UFC, we've got, we've got some... Uh, I would say disappointing news for me. Like I was really looking forward to this main event um, coming up uh, next week is the the double champ Nunes Amanda Nunes versus has, Julia Pen- Penna Pinga. Yeah, um, Nunes postponed. She caught COVID. Yeah, tested positive for COVID. Yeah, nineteen. That fight has been taken off the um, UFC. Was it two sixty? Six, I think it would have been two sixty five. Two sixty five, yeah. It's, it's been taken off that. So, um, what do you? How do you feel about that? I'm kind of disappointed. I like watching um, Nunes. I think she's a great quality fighter. I mean, she is probably pound for pound one of the best fighters in women's UFC mm. division. Yeah, across all divisions, I think she is box office. I think people, the casual fighters, will want to see her fight. Mm-hmm. I think she's one of the people where she can bring some sort of energy where you look at her as the benchmark of women's um, UFC um, fighting right now and I wanted to see her fight because I like her skill set I like the fact she comes forward she's very aggressive she takes she does she does what she says she's going to do she takes her opponents out Mm -hmm. and she weighs them in and she's never scared to take on any opponent any size you are I've seen her take on so many people so many rages so many weight classes and people try and cut weight just to fight her. 
Yeah. And it's so hard, but disappointing that she caught COVID. I do wish that she, you know, recovers um, quite quickly and, you know, gets over it and hopefully comes back to the same fight as she was because obviously this COVID thing can really be impactful in terms of how you perform and how you go about things as well. It can have a knock-on effect on you. Yeah, especially so, in a combat sport as well. You exactly, and you can't be taking no medication to be like, okay, I want to, you know, remedy it, but you got to do things where it's like, against within the laws of you know regulation athlete regulations of how they can improve or be better or recover from any illnesses so it could be a longer process i know it's been rescheduled hasn't been given a confirmed date but it's been rescheduled to the winter time so hopefully we can see it before the year ends and that'll be a great um fight that we want to see of course uh, let, me, let me ask you something in regards to like stuff like covid and ufc because um like Obviously, COVID, we're still very much in it now. Yeah. Um, do you think we'll get to a point where it's like, okay, COVID is here to stay? Like, let's say three years down the line and COVID's still floating around. Yeah. COVID's here to stay. Do you think um, COVID is still going to have that big of an impact on um, UFC? I think what it is is that people are taking... I mean, UFC have done... Uh, all the sports, beyond even combat sports as well, I'm talking NFL, English football... Um, baseball, basketball. Between basketball and UFC, they have been able to put on shows even at the peak of its powers of this mm-hmm. pandemic and going through it. So I feel that because we even improving now, people are coming forward. Some people are coming forward to come take their vaccines. Some people are, mm-hmm. you know, trying to protect themselves in ways of not having the vaccine but always wearing a mask and being quite cautious what they do. Mm-hmm. I think. Dana White and the UFC and MMA itself will find a way to continue its motions or operations of the sport to make sure things go into effect. They're doing a lot of things and a lot of things have done during the height of the pandemic and even now to ensure that fights are still happening. Yeah, they have not slacked in that manner. So they've they've been the one sport that's been going on consistently, very strongly throughout them and NBA basketball. Yeah, but do you think? um, Okay, so. COVID is obviously here to stay. It doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. Do you think that um, the onus is more on the fighters in the sense of, like, if you catch COVID, they should receive some sort of, like... I don't want to say punishment, but some sort of, like, something in that... To to sort of, like, reprimand them for catching it again. Because you know your fight is coming up at this point. You should be making sure that everyone within your camp and you yourself is there's no chance of you affecting that, if you know what I mean. Because um, I don't know if you've heard um, NFL, basically yeah. the, what they're saying so about basically, COVID. I think, to answer your question, I do believe it is on the accountability and responsibility of that fighter to make sure that they are within the guidance set by the UFC body to be following mm. what is expected of them. Yeah. However, if they do contract COVID and it does become a case where it hinders or impacts their coming fights, mm-hmm. I think they should be able to put a case forward inside that plea order to be like, okay, we did follow the standard procedures or standard requirements and guidelines of protections against COVID, but this was happened in our situation. They can either be, I think in UC, where it's different to other sports that can NFL, where they are actually willing to reschedule the fight and then put another fight on. Yeah. Whereas in NFL, where you're trying to... Um, bring forward here is that the organisation of NFL the body are finding people individually and mm-hmm. finding 
the clubs or the teams, sorry, the franchises accountability accountability for un, enabling to put on a game week event yeah. because one your fight your player who has refused to take the vaccine will be fined for that so he'll lose a game a game day check and also he'll be fined as a as a franchise for revenue of that fight of that day mm-hmm. of your match day so it is nuts i think in comparison to UFC, they're not forcing the matter of taking the vaccine where the nfl they're really imposing yeah. on people without giving them their will of if they don't feel comfortable taking it because with athletes they've been told you can't be putting things into your body you can't be taking certain yeah, things yeah. but then you're forcing them to take something that they're not going to do it's like it's a contradiction a double standard of yeah. it where this is where I feel the UFC are doing better in that because now they're not forcing on you but they're making sure you are, you have to be following the guidelines and if yeah. you're not we're going to take the fight from you and we're putting someone else in there and rescheduling for later so yeah. I think that's a bit of a compromise in comparison to UFC um, NFL sorry yeah. it's a matter of they're going to put you out there as the player who didn't want to take their vaccine put everybody at risk yeah. now the game ain't going on because even there was um, there's a coach for the Vikings who he, 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 quit. Took, he quit because he was like I'm not taking the, the vaccine the offensive coach yeah, yeah, he quit his job because he didn't want to take the, take the vaccine and that's in so his that's right a, yeah. that's in his human right that's in his actual there's no mandatory um, comment or statement in their contract for them to tell them you have to take a COVID test mm-hmm. it does not, it's not there yeah, but the, to force it and to impose on people to do it I feel personally I'm not against taking the vaccine by the way I've taken my first dose so I'm looking to take my second dose but this is my personal decision mm-hmm. but it's everyone's different and we have to respect that and I feel that if they don't want to take it it's up to them but at least ensure that they're following the guidelines and I think yeah. they have been doing that they've been following the guidelines they've been wearing masks when they come off the field and they've also been you know doing things where they haven't been letting crowds come into the stadium so they are doing what they can do yeah and I think with the case of UFC because it's we we schedule the fights, isn't it? We yeah. can just move them. It's not it's not yeah, dependent. It's like obviously NFL, it's like there's a schedule. The the week the whole season is scheduled out. Once you start messing it up, then we have to postpone you and fit you in. So, no, we can't do all of that. So that's why the and because is a bit the more strict U C is more of a season thing. It's short. It's in it's in a space of nine it's space of six months. You mean um, NFL? NFL, yeah, sorry, yeah. NFL is in a space of six months. So it's like they have to pull it in those sections. Yeah, yeah. But, you see completely different. It runs all year. Yeah. And obviously there's less people involved in it with yeah. that, so it makes it easier. So yeah, now we're going to move on into other news relating to UFC. We've been given confirmation that there's a rematch happening in the welterweight division between Usman... The, Ni- the Nigerian nightmare. Yeah. Versus Colby, uh, Buildable, Covington. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> America's uh, finest. America's dream. Oh, America's poster God. boy. Uh, I have a question. Do you think he even deserves a rematch? Yeah, like, he what does. Have you, what have you done I since? believe he does. Listen, I'm going to tell you this honest. On, on the mic right now, yeah. I'm not a big fan of Kobe Co- Covington's stance on politics. Obviously, looks like a political yeah. on this, on this um, podcast. But we cannot deny his skill set. He is up there with one of the best welterweight fighters there. So he deserved it. I know he got knocked out cold mm. by Usman in the, first, in the first fight. Yeah. But he doesn't want to see it again. He doesn't want to see it again. It's true. It's not that it was like a bad fight. I'm, you want I'm to see it again. Like, because it was... you know it will bring box office revenue. Mm-hmm. The press conferences will be great. Yeah. So for some reason, they don't like these, man. <laughs> Colby Covington's going to talk trash. And it's yeah. going to be a hell of a great fight. These are two good fighters in that division, that weight class. 
Why not see it again? Do you think he's gonna keep up the um, the gim? I don't want to call it gim, but he's leaning heavy into like the politics side of it. Do you think he's just? Well, gonna I mean, the, the main guy they've got a new president now, yeah. in Joe Biden. Trump's not there no more, but he's still gonna be that outspoken, yeah, that's uh, sort of right wing sort of person that's gonna be very, you know, not conforming to political correctness. Yeah. So it sells fights. Do you think um, Usman? How, how, how do you think the fight itself would, would go? Do you think Usman's going to take the same approach of like, I'm going to strike with him, I'm not going to take him down? Or is Usman going to switch up now? Cause like, Usman can do... But I've seen I've seen Usman fight, and to answer your question, like, he can do both. He can stand up and he can grapple. I, th- I think that's what he's done really well. He's changed... Because when he obviously first won, everyone was like, oh, he's just a grappler, just a grappler. And what he's done is he's made it clear that like I can do whatever I want. One, yeah. And now Kobe Covington has the issue of like, okay, he's getting better at striking... Even since the last time I fought him, he's better at striking now. So now, um, after train for his striking, and then don't forget that this guy's still one of the best grapplers in, yeah, yeah, in this yeah, division. He, like you might walk into that ring and he's gonna take you down. He's gonna finish you off just like that. Done. So um, I think it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see. I, I, I like Usman. I think he's um, he's he's up there with one of my favorites. I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it now. Yeah, done. I think this is gonna be a trilogy fight. Trilogy fight. So you, so the only way for it to be a trilogy, you're saying Kobe Covington's beating him. Did I say that on the mic? I mean, I mean, that's the, if if it's got, it's not gonna be a trilogy if the um, Usman beats him I, twice. I, I, I think I think something controversial will happen, and mm-hmm. I think that Usman will win. I want Usman to win, but I feel like the fact that this fight, the we don't we, we in that in that division. There's so many talented fighters we can have there. Yeah. I think even Gaethje's going to be fighting too under that belt. Yeah. With, um, I think it's Michael Chandler. So oh, yeah, fight, yeah, yeah. They're fighting yeah. too. If these fights, win, lose or draw, that division is so stacked with talent. So for me to see Usman lose or not or win is not a loss because he still can be able to um, go and fight someone else. And the title chance is always going to be there. He can defend his title fantastic he's kept it if he loses his title he can always go and get it back and yeah. we want to see that we want to see some competition and we want to see the best fighting the best people going at it the new talent of fighters coming through and getting their chances and the veteran fighters who have maintained their um, titles there also being able to defend their title yeah has has Gaethje fought at um, welterweight? Because I know I know he fights at lightweight. I think he had that uh, fight before. I think during the pandemic. He fight he fights at lightweight normally, but I don't. know But he can he move weight. Yeah, he probably could move he up. He can move weight. He's he's dangerous as well. I he's would dangerous. I would I would like to see him uh, move up. And he's a stand up guy as well. Yeah, he can stand and go go at people. But uh, I think I think the only reason why um, UFC would like push someone to like. Oh yeah, move up or move down the way. It's if that division doesn't really have too much competition, and I think it's reaching that point with Usman where it's like he's beating almost everyone that he's gonna he can fight. beat. He so, might as well go. He has to move up a bit. Yeah, that's the same thing with what happened with um, Izzy as well. The weight that he went up to, that division isn't as stacked. So yeah, but he's killed. Kind of, he's decimated the light heavyweight division now. So now they're talking about going to fight John Jones and moving up weight to go and have right. that fight. I mean, like he's, he's dominated the middleweight division. Yeah. He tried to move up to the light heavyweight to fight. Uh, Blazikowski, he didn't didn't really look that good. Didn't I don't think I don't think I, I know we're going off track again, but I don't think um, Israel should even bother with John Jones. Not to say that he's not good enough to fight him. I mean, like well, John weight, Jones that weight switch thing, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't benefit Izzy. Izzy is you know his speed, his his quickness, his counter attack. You move up, 
your strength isn't going to be translated. Mm. You're just bigger, isn't it? But I think with John Jones, I think what I've been seeing from recently, he's been putting on weight to be fighting um, Francis Ngannou. That's his focus. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. John Jones naturally is a big guy and he can slim down to light heavyweight, but... He can chop inside, Yeah, though. I don't think... I think because Izzy didn't look good at light heavyweight, it's not really that enticing anymore, like, mm. to the point. So, it, it would need Izzy to go on another run and whatever to push... Um, to push that fight again, but, um, yeah. But, um, yeah, in terms of the welterweight division, I'm um, interested to see. I think, me personally, I'm going to say Usman's going to win that again. I think it will be another knock, knockout again, just because I'm I'm backing him again. He, I, I think I he's think a quality, he's a fighter, he's a quality yeah. fighter doesn't get his, his flowers. Yeah, man. I'm all I'm all for giving people their flowers, man. Like he, I think I think it's quality. Moving on into this is this isn't actually confirmed news, but it's, it's rumors. It's rumors. Yeah, yeah. So this is like kind of like a rumor round sort of thing. Like it's not it's not actually uh, confirmed, but there's talks of Logan Paul fighting Anderson Silva and for me personally when um, AB brought me that news I just kissed my teeth straight away I was like bro no, why, but why away though? yeah that, listen I'm, I'm gonna say out because here I'm not even clowning you guys the local brothers are the biggest name in combat sport right now mate they're calling out people when they're fighting they're coming to fight them they but, are luring in people to fight them put some respect on their name but the thing I don't, is, think, but, I don't think I can respect Logan too much mm. but Jake I can respect a bit because he's out here Fighting people who think they can beat him, Olympic athletes. He's fighting um, box um, uh, NBA um, players as well, and now he's taking on other people like a UFC fighter and Tyron Woodley and Logan Paul. I don't know how he ended up in a fight with one of the greatest boxers of all time, with well, um, Floyd Mayweather, but he was there. And you know what? When you can get someone like that to fight under your camp with the Mayweathers, anyone's gonna fight you now. And the thing is, like, my, my issue isn't with the Paul brothers anymore. I respect them. Like, they they deserve the credit for bringing this much attention towards the sport of boxing. But my issue is people going out and tarnishing their legacies. Like, in the sense of Anderson Silva, you are not a boxer. Like, but he's been, he's, he's, but he's, but in saying that, he's not a boxer. But from what I've seen in his previous fights in terms of boxing, he's pretty okay, you know? Yeah, but, like, that's a, he's, he's Mu- Muay Thai. So yeah. he's a kick heavy, he's knee heavy, yeah, he's yeah. elbow heavy. You're not, you're not a, like, you're not. You can't it doesn't, kick. it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense to do that move. It, obviously, we're going into a lot of detail about this, but it's not actually, it might not actually ever happen. But for me, it's like you're a legend in the sport. You've come to the end of your career and that sort of thing. I know people, people want to cash out in it, like people want to make whatever money they can and then make proper it hang it up and then get out of there. But for me, it's like don't discredit the UFC for a paycheck in it because this is the thing that's bought you your name yeah. like don't don't go chase a bag too much for it like just I would say me personally if I had to if you're asking me whether I would like to see this fight or not I would say no I wouldn't want to see this I wouldn't mind Logan Paul fighting other UFC fighters but just Anderson Silva for me is not the one that I would say like yeah go go on you, you two go fight I'm interested to see that like I'm more interested in the Woodley versus uh, Jake Paul fight. But, um, yeah, this one. What, what do you think about it? Do you think um, you would want to see it? I'm, I'm, like... I'm watching it. I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm definitely going to tune in. I think it will be more entertaining than people make it out to be. Mm. I think it will, it will give you a perspective of how much Logan Paul has learnt from the Mayover fight. Mm. As much as Mayover wasn't really doing much that well, to be honest. But, Take care of what he studied from the game of one of the best fighters in, in our generation. 
yeah. and then pull into Anderson Silva, who you know is more of a leg fighter rather than a stand-up guy. We'll see how it goes. And also, Anderson Silva's had an injury in his leg, so can he move the same way in terms of doing boxing? Because he's got a lot of footwork, he's old movement man. positioning. For he's his, old. So. I swear he's like forty now. He's old. He must be. He must be forty by now. But yeah, it's like. Bro, like you're not you're not even like a You're not in your prime anymore, you're not yeah, doing man, the same like, things anymore. Like it's not in your thing, well he's forty six. This is almost a pensioner, bro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no offense, but yeah, I I don't I don't I don't want I, that, I don't want it to happen, man. But um, I, I do believe I'm gonna pull it on there on the mic. Yeah. Logan Paul win. Yeah, yeah, probably he probably would. That's why I don't want it to happen. Like it's I not even Logan Paul. It's I, not think, even, I think and this is where Matt got sad. That's what I mean, like, your legacy is already cemented, bro. Don't, don't go chase the bag too much, man. Now we're going to move into the world of boxing. Um, so, I'm, obviously, I'm going to be more leaning on to AB for this one. But um, So, basically, uh, Crawford versus Porter. What's the news in that? So, basically, Crawford has been holding the WBO belt mm-hmm. for a considerable amount of time. Yeah. Under the promotion of top rank with Bob Arum. And arguably, some people say that Crawford is pound for pound the best boxer, skill set wise, in boxing. Obviously, Canelo's there, but people feel like people are dodging Crawford from fighting the top elite fighters because he's that good. He's fought um, Kel Brook, he's fought Amir Khan, but these men were going on the, more, way, down. On, on the way down. Yeah, Sean Porter hasn't fought in a while. Um, I think his last fight he won, but he wasn't convinced enough, I believe. Um, but with Sean Porter, he's one of the guys where he's been a former champion and WBC champion. Mm-hmm. He's gone through the levels of, you know, being at the highest stage, the highest game. So he is a bit on the decline. He's not, doing, he's not as active as he was before, mm-hmm. but it's still a good test for Crawford because Crawford needs that test. Of course, the fight everybody wants to see is you know, Terence Crawford against Errol Spence Jr. But Errol Spence Jr. is going to fight Manny Pacquiao in a, in a veteran fighter, mm-hmm. veteran boxer. Um, I do believe if negotiations negotiations are done right, people get their purses split correctly and the revenues correct, that Spence versus Crawford will happen. That is a fight of our generation. That will happen for sure. But looking at Porter... The fact that the World Boxing Organization have ordered the mandatory fight mm-hmm. of um, Crawford against Porter, that would be a good test for Crawford. I think that, you know, it's something that he's been waiting for to happen. He wants to be tested. He wants to showcase people that, you know, I'm more than just a guy that, you know, fights these bummy people and stack padding people and just, like, running through the whole division and whatnot. Yeah. I want to take on someone that I haven't fought before, someone that's near close to my skill set level or, mm-hmm. you know, bracket. So... I think that's going to be a very interesting fight. I think it's definitely a fight everyone should check out and, you know, try and watch. Who, we'll you, who do you think, who do you think um, is... How do, you, how do you see the fight going? I see it winning on points, Crawford. Crawford, you know? Yeah. I no don't, knockout. I don't see a knockout happening. I see... I think with the way Porter comes forward, he's an aggressive fighter. He, he's not... He can, he's got a good chin. I've never seen Crawford... Um, Porter be knocked out. I think it's going to be very aggressive. I think they're both going to come forward. I think what Crawford needs to be very wary that, you know, that, I'm not sorry, I think Porter needs to be more aware of Crawford is that 
Crawford can fight both positions in orthodox and southpaw. Mm. So you have to be very careful how you're going to approach this and be very tactical and be very patient in terms of how you're going to, you know, beat Crawford. In terms of Crawford winning this, he has to be very conscious of what stance is going to come in. He's going to come in the southpaw, he's going to stay as a southpaw, he's going to come orthodox, he's going to stay as an orthodox because what we will know and what we do know is that Porter comes forward. Mm. He is an aggressive fighter. This, go, this this fight will not be on the ropes. It will be in the center of the fight, center of the ring, sorry, yeah. going head to head. Okay. I'm going to be interested to see that. Um, they, haven't, they haven't mentioned the date yet, have they? It's just... Um, no, it's in negotiation. It's just been oh, ordered. Right. It's been ordered by the government, government body of um, the WBO. So we're looking to have it this year, hopefully. Both of them have been inactive for a long time, so it could be done fairly quickly. It's not like they're coming off both fights, mm-hmm. have to wait. So it could be done probably, I'll say, probably November or December time. Okay, all right, that makes That's sense. That's my expectation or estimate of it. Right. We're going to be interested to see what happens with that one. And we will be covering it here too on the Hard Hits podcast. And guys, I hope you guys are following, sharing and liking as well. And let us know what you think. So finally, um, looking at the return of the golden boy of boxing, Oscar De La Hoya. He's come back out of retirement. He's been swinging out all these comments about, you know, if I get through this fight with Benford and I win this fight, I want to go against um, Mayweather Canelo, which obviously everybody knows, you know, Canelo and Mayweather uh, against um, Oscar De La Hoya. They've had their problems through, you know, years of boxing and also being uh, promoters of the golden boy you know both both um, fighters so there's a bit of animosity there I think I think the fact that what I've heard from Oscar De Hoy's interviews that he's just saying that you know Canelo is just power I mean mate that's serious power he's got and I don't think you should just like, undermine it like that I do think Oscar De Hoy is trying to get his last paycheck I don't think he's the same fighter anymore he's coming off a, uh, off the field or off the ring out the rings issues of you know taking substances, you know, not being the same weight, not being the right person to be, like, in the mindset of boxing. He hasn't really done anything. I think he's just looking at, like, you know, a lot of fighters in his generation are doing exhibition fights and making the money, and he feels like he wants to be a part of that. Dude, everyone, everyone wants a piece, of, a piece of that cake, isn't yeah. it? Like the, money, the money's getting too good now. When but... you've got fighters like Mike Tyson coming back, and, you know, Roy Jones Jr. coming back, and even Evander Holyfield yeah. wanted to come back as well. People like, you know what, and all these celebrities, random celebrities, thinking they can walk in the ring. He's like, you know what, I've been here, I've done this, I can take these sort of fights, I can do this, so it's nothing too hard in myself to do. But why, but why call out one of the most dangerous people in, in that division? Why, I, I, why does it have to be Canelo? Like, aren't people... I think that's a poor mistake. I think if, if I think one rematch we want to see is probably Mayweather versus Austin Hoy. That would be a great rematch. I think that's what made these two stars, or the chain of guards at that time in that generation of what made Mayweather a star and what made Canelo kind of go, not Canelo, sorry, Oscar De La Hoya go into more of a decline from being the star, the paper boy of, poster boy of um, boxing when he was during his reign. Do you think Oscar's... But um... I do believe that why calling up Canelo, kind of personal because of how they ended when they weren't, when they emotion work mm. as well, but also the fact that he feels he can take on one of the greatest boxers of our time. And like, I don't think you can. I think, I think what it is, yeah, is that like the the thing with the Canelo one is 
obviously Oscar I think the thing is Oscar De La Hoya is a big name anyone who knows boxing like even me I'm not that into boxing but I know who Oscar De La Hoya is yeah. like there's no way I wouldn't like I think his name enough is good enough to just fight anyone just to show that but I've still got it and then move on to the yeah. uh, big fight but he's still it, got his respect inside but, the Latin community for sure but what about if he goes and he goes for Canelo he says he's got a good chin but you're 48 years old Canelo goes and knocks you out and then everyone's looking uh, what the hell are you what the hell are you thinking I like, think he's I think he's been working too, watching too much Rocky Balboa bro like I don't know what like for me it's I don't have an issue with the older people coming back in to try to get that breath even though Boxing is a dangerous sport. UFC is a dangerous sport. You shouldn't be playing with it at that later stage. Like, if if you're able to get out of those sports here with your brain still intact, your faculties intact, yeah, your brain still going well, you're still well. able to function. No, that's a win. Yeah. Going back into it later on once you've been out. When was his that? Do you know when his last fight was? Must have been his last 10 fight was against Manny Pacquiao in two thousand nine or eight, I think. Yeah, and he lost that devastatingly. That, bro, Manny Pacquiao put him into retirement. Bro, like that's over ten years ago. Yeah. Like, that's a long time to be out and then to come back in and call out the most dangerous person in that division. Do you think Canelo is even... Canelo is that he's... Canelo is one of them guys where he's the best fighter right now. He's mm. the highest paid, one of the highest paid fighters right now in boxing. And this guy doesn't fight once a year. He fights anyone and everybody. He's the boogeyman. He goes and fights anyone and anyone for anyone who has a title. Mm. For a guy that's out of his prime, hasn't fought in years, to be coming back and saying you want to fight Canelo... Is a bit of a stretch, mate. I think I think he's trying to like um, almost bandwagon off Canelo's hype. He's yeah, seeing yeah. he's seeing how much money, how much attention yeah. Canelo's getting. You throw like, someone's name out there, it can bring you some like, attention. It's kind of I, I see it as a bit of jealousy, like it's a bit of red it eye, is, like it's it like is. looking it's at envious like, because you, you shouldn't be like, oh, you're at the top. Let me go for Let me go get some of that money yeah. as well. Like no, I don't. Me, I don't personally like that. Like if you and it's like you know. With Oscar De La Hoya, he was the biggest Latin boxer at yeah. his time. Now Canelo is, and then now under OC, they this day kind of like you know went their own ways. But now Ryan Garcia is there under Golden Boy. You know they want to make sure the money's coming in in their direction. But because Canelo's going to make his own promotion, he's going to the Zone, he's going to Eddie Hearn's world in terms of matchroom. It's moved away from Golden Boy. And everyone knew that when he was like when he was at Golden Boy, he was the only one making that bread. He was the only yeah. one making that money. So now that's gone. Golden Boy promotions hasn't been there in the forefront that much anymore. Yeah. So is it, do you think it's more like a it indirectly boosts his um, promotion thing? Even yeah, more? call out a name that's big. You know, call out someone you know you got animosity or you know some sort of rift against them. Yeah, it makes up it makes your revenue for your return fight. What, what what people think or expect you to do after your return fight mm-hmm. but I think where he went wrong is that he's overlooking this Be- um, Belford guy and that I feel like he shouldn't do that I think you should focus on what's in front of you first and then speak on who you think you want to fight oh next. has he got another fight lined up he's like, got a with... fight coming up in September oh so he is he is coming back to yeah. fight okay cool so so if, if I thought it was like just a cash out thing like oh I'm just going to fight Canelo and then run away no does, no no does he's it got... actually seem like he wants to get back into fighting like go for a nice like five year run and then now I'm done or nah he just wants the exhibitions one or, one or two fights exhibition one or two fights make his yeah, money but I feel like him calling out a certain guy in that manner shouldn't be done yeah he I think game too much I think um, isn't he making enough money from his like promotion side that he doesn't need to go and do this like is yeah there, I mean he's, he's comfortable Oscar he's comfortable but I feel like you know 
people want that fame again. People want to be on the lights again. People want to have that attention. Yeah, it does seem like a lot of like envy, envy and jealousy, yeah. and, and call it like coming back into it. I don't, I don't think it's very genuine. Like as a global star, yeah. yeah, you've had you've had fighters that have been successful in the Latin community for so long, but in terms of making the money that Kendall has made in such short period of time. I mean, Canelo's been fighting since he was 15, mm. but in terms of in the in the line, in the, in the under the lights in front of everybody, under the limelight, he's made so much money. Yeah. And you want a, you want a piece of that. Yeah, I guess. It's and true. look, you can, uh, Oscar called out him, and Mayover. Yeah. Two of the fighters have made the most money. I think, uh, do you know what, yeah? I can see it happening, yeah? I think... The thing with De La Hoya, I think what he's looking at, obviously Mayweather is taking the more the exhibition side. Yeah. He's making his money that way. Pacquiao's coming back in against Pacquiao's still um, fighting against the elite. That's what's scary. Yeah, that's what it is. And if Pacquiao puts in a good show in there, De La Hoya's probably thinking like, maybe, maybe, do you think, do you think he's trying is, to get that Pacquiao Pac- fight? Pacquiao, never, Pacquiao always maintained his fitness. He never yeah. took no drugs. He never did it. But what's the hell did? He has, he's had a problem, a long-standing problem with, with drugs. Mm. And to come back into that mind frame of I want to fight after you've been beaten devastatingly, it you ain't gonna be the same. Yeah. Whereas Pacquiao had been able to focus on his politics and maintain his fitness and continue with his same coach's role in Freddie Roach. Yeah. So I mean, it's a different it's a different kettle of fish because Pacquiao can go back in there and fight the elite that are going. He's doing it now. He's fighting one of the best top three fighters right now out there. So, and you know, like you said, maybe taking exhibition route to make you continue his money. Yeah. But for Oscar to come back like this, I don't know. I don't believe in it. Do you, Do you think he's trying to line up the Pacquiao fight? Do you think that that's, that's that, that fight could happen? Do you think that that's the big happen? show, like the big final one? That about? that fight could happen. I think. I think more. I'll lean towards Mayweather's fight happening because they've had like ongoing mm. feuds. But if Pacquiao, but he's trying to line up at least. Yeah, one yeah, yeah. One of them. Yeah. I think Pacquiao will be more possible to happen, more likely to happen. But, but I feel think, like, is it? Do you think the way that Pacquiao beat him last time is kind of making that one be a bit more? Uh, you don't really want that one, then it? it's not yeah. really. I think anyone he wants to experience fight will probably ask Mayweather. Yeah, I mean Mayweather could sell that one as well. He can make better money. From Mayweather that could sell well. anything. Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe we can sell water to a well, mate. <laughs> I mean, but, <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, so. I mean, we'll wait to see in it what happens and you know, go from there. But once again, guys, thank you for another podcast today. We'll see you guys next week again. Yep, make sure you make sure you subscribe, um, not subscribe, make sure you follow us on Spotify, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram at the Hard Hits Podcast. And get involved in the conversation. Use the hashtag Hard Hits Pod- Podcast. Um, whenever you're talking about UFC, just ask us any questions you want to know. You want to find out our opinions about other things as well relating to the sports. And um, yeah, uh, we'll meet you back here same time next week for more news in um, the hard hitting sports. So thank you for listening. Peace. Peace.